When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm -mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Welcome into Big Red Roundtable, presented by Don Franklin Auto, right here on the Hilltopper Nation Podcast Network. I'm the Hilltopper play-by-play announcer, Randy Lee. Thrilled to have the voice of the Lady Tops, Brett Williams, as well as Tyler Eaton, who hosts Beyond the Hill with us, reach the Big Red Roundtable podcast. Each week, we'll go over the biggest news, stories, and games in the past week, as well as what lies ahead for WKU Athletics. We hope to make this not only an enjoyable listen, but an informative and interesting one, as we promote those special student-athletes each week and relay many of the stories we are so fortunate to cover in our sportscasting careers. For access to past and future episodes, Stay posted to WKSports.com, as well as all major podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. And before we provide this week's episode, let's hear a message from the presenting sponsor of Big Red Roundtable, Don Franklin Auto. They are Kentucky and a proud partner of WKU Athletics. Don Franklin Family of Dealerships, we are Kentucky. Welcome in to another edition of Big Red Roundtable. Glad to have you all with us. As you uh, listen to uh, the sights and sounds and stories of WKU Athletics, Randy Lee with you along with Brett and uh, Tyler. This is brought to you by Don Franklin Auto. They are Kentucky and a proud sponsor of WKU Athletics. And uh, Brett, you disappointed me a little bit. I thought you'd maybe have a John Riggins jersey on. <laughs> Did you leave uh, the Rigo jersey at home today? Yeah, I, I actually have an autographed uh, Trent Williams, which is unfortunate considering he's obviously no longer on the team. But, of course, it is my namesake, so I've got that I'm representing. And <laughs> beat him, beat Dallas on Thanksgiving, beat the Steelers on Monday. I'm wearing that thing until I can't anymore. The Washington Football Club. Amen. Congratulations. Oh, Thank you. It's been quite an eventful few weeks for you, Brett, in particular. That Washington football team, they've, they've turned it around. This the WKU podcast, but when Brett's around and, and Randy, you as well, I know you're a 
Washington, not Wizards fan, Washington Bullets, Bullets. fan. So yes. we are pro-Washington, D.C. sports. And Baltimore Amen. Orioles. Yeah, it's in the same general area. Exactly. So we'll, we'll cheer for the Washington football team. And it's like topper tailgate. We cheer for any team that starts with a T <laughs> on this on this podcast. Any team that starts with a W, well, we, we will support it. them. WKU, WFT, it works. <laughs> well, the both wa- have three-game win streaks. The Washington Nationals stole our baseball team's W. Yeah, that's yes. true. That, that you know, hey, hey, that, that went. Back, we'll say it that way. That went back a long, long way. Back in the old, uh, what was it? I think they were actually the Nationals back in I want to say like 1910ish before they became the Senators. I want to say, mm-hmm. and that, that curly W goes back a long way. So, well, you're, so you're saying maybe they had it before we had it? <laughs> we can try to claim it. See, um, this isn't like that a wasn't Chrome about Dome the same situation. Time as the, the founding of the university, so maybe there was some. Uh, <laughs> See, the, the Chrome Domes we can legitimately we claim. Can. I mean, those yeah. are ours. Now, if we want to use that and spin it off to the curly W's and say, yeah. because we had this, we go, we, we can pin that all together. Yeah. But you mentioned this, Brett, the Washington football team on quite the winning streak, the WKU football team, they closed the regular season on a nice winning streak capped off on a Sunday morning in Charlotte, a win that this team really, really needed to end the regular season for a couple of reasons. Number one, they showed us all season long, but we've been waiting to see what this offense can do. We finally got it on Sunday. They put up 37 points to go over 400 yards for the first time this season. But the most important reason they needed that win is because it puts them in that conversation for a bowl bid. Brett, you were there on the call, so first and foremost, I'll ask you, what was it that allowed WKU to have that breakout offensive game that we've been waiting for and we finally got treated to it? I think there are a couple things to point out. First of all, being effective on first down. I mean, we talked about that a lot earlier in the season. Coach Helton wanted to see some positive gains to make it a little bit easier on on second and third down. And Gage Walker, it seemed like every time he touched the football on first down, he was getting five or six yards. And so that certainly gave the offense some momentum, at least at the beginning of sets of downs. Secondly, you also look at explosive plays. How much have we heard Coach Helton talk about that throughout the season? And finally, they hit several plays of 30-plus yards, both in the passing game and the running game. And then thirdly, I thought Tyrell Pigram was by far the most decisive in terms of his Mm -hmm. running game that he had been all season. There were times he would roll out some design bootlegs and things like this where the play would break down downfield and he would just point out his blocker and take off and get 10, 12, some 15 yards on the ground. I mean, that's something we expected to see throughout the season. We just hadn't seen. It seems like it all clicked on Sunday. Well, and Randy, you can speak to this because you had Mm -hmm. seen it all season long. Do you think those things that Brett just mentioned, those were the keys all along for this offense to to flip that switch? Because I was eating my Stouffer's frozen dinner uh, (laughs) stuffed peppers prior to the basketball. That's a good one. Prior to the basketball game, I was listening to the broadcast and yeah, you know, the running game was there and it sounded like we were just manhandling him up front on both sides of the ball. Uh, it was, you know, it, it was sort of the mindset I think we had last year. We we would run gauge, run gauge, run gauge, run gauge. And, uh, you know, earlier in the year, we were sort of splitting time and sharing the carries. And uh, here later in the year, you know, it's been virtually all gauge. And, you know, it's the walker of old. And it just seemed like we were just dominating him up front. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting that you bring that up because – at the beginning of the season, the talk was maybe we don't need Gage to have as many carries just so we can lighten the load a little bit. Right. It seemed like they had the running back room to do it, but maybe he's a back that needs that volume to be able to, to get on a roll, kind of uh, Jerome Bettis-esque. Yeah, and you know, I think our offensive line played better toward the end of the year, too. And, you know, the, the teams we beat weren't as good as the teams we lost to. Mm-hmm. So I think the, you know, the, the, the schedule certainly was front-loaded. Yes, it was. Uh, 
that was the most difficult part of the schedule. Maybe the most difficult early season schedule we've had in many, many, many years. Unexpectedly so. Correct, yeah. Of course, we didn't have BYU on the schedule when we put it together mm-hmm. in you know, February or March or wherever last year. So adding that really made it a front-loaded front, road, front loaded schedule. Yeah, Tyson Helton said after this game that now you look at this team, you know, as he was making his pitch for WK to be considered for bowl selection, that they actually have a really strong body of work now for that reason. And, I mean, who in the world in Hilltopper Nation would have thought that midway through the season? Right, that right. This could be a team that would have a strong body of work, but I think they absolutely do. I think these should also be rewarded, and I don't know what the stats are now, but going into the Charlotte game when it's first scheduled for Sunday – or the Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Sunday. Tuesday, it's Sunday. been scheduled yeah. almost every day of the week. Um, they were one of nine to have played in nine consecutive mm-hmm. weeks. So I guess they didn't play. They had to skip. I guess it doesn't count ten consecutive weeks because they delayed it you know, a few days. But nonetheless, one of only three in the country to have made it playing nine consecutive weeks without a cancellation. And I think they'll be rewarded for that. If you're a bowl, you want to make sure the team you invite's coming. Mm. and they have shown the dedication, everyone working together where we've not had a COVID case, COVID situation badly enough to cancel the game, and and I think that's really going to weigh in our favor. I agree with that wholeheartedly, and I do want to mention one statistic to go to everything that you guys said about the game, especially the domination up front for WKU. You know you dominate when you've got really good balance offensively. Well, WKU threw for 218 yards in that Charlotte game, and they ran for 218 yards in that Charlotte game. Does it get much more balanced than that? Mm. We don't have a game right now to look forward to and preview and try and predict for WKU. But as it stands, 5-6 and six regular, regular season record. We're hoping to, at some point in the coming weeks, to have a game to look forward to and preview. But, Randy, I'll start with you on this. As we look back right. on the season that was for WKU, the roller coaster that it was, mm-hmm. and, and like you mentioned, the credit that has to be given in the first place just to have played uh, 11 games how do you ultimately reflect and look back upon this 2020 season? Well, I think, um, you know, if I would, I didn't know Liberty was going to be as good as they were because they lost a lot of players off a good team last year. Mm-hmm. So that, that game surprised me, not because of, you know, our inability to beat them, but because they were so good. So that's the one game that really surprised me. And, uh, you know, I felt like every team we lost to is better than us. And I think if we play them again, uh, I'm going to take out FAU. I thought that was an even team. I thought we were even with FAU. Yes. All the other teams we lost to, I thought they were better than us. All the other teams we beat, I thought we were better than them. And the FAU game is a coin flip. Um, and I think that's just sort of the way the season finished. We didn't have any glaring upsets either way. Either, you know, heavily favored right. and won or lost or uh, big underdogs and won. It just it is what it probably was. No big mm-hmm. surprises. What do you think, Brett? Well, I think when you think about just how this season came to an end, I mean, Dominique Bradshaw, when he was asked in the postgame what his bowl pitch would be, he said, we are a bunch of guys that finish strong and that never quit. Mm -hmm. And that's something that we heard Coach Helton say a lot of times in the midst of when things were not going well. He kept saying, I will ride or die with this team. There's a bunch of honorable men in this locker room. We heard that over and Mm -hmm. over. Well, the honorable men proved that exact point. Because after losing to FAU in a game that at the time I thought was the worst case scenario, I said, this is not what WKU needs to have a heartbreaking loss at the end of a game. I thought they were done. 
They come back. They haven't lost since. They've proven, hey, we can finish strong. We can get this done. And they have gotten better and better as it's gone along. And they've become that team that we all thought they were going to be throughout the year. So shout out to them for sticking with this. Shout out to Coach Helton and his coaching staff for keeping them all locked in and disciplined throughout the year, as you alluded to, Randy. Just a lot to be proud of for this squad. And I, I do hope they get rewarded with a so bowl So when you're bid. two and six, I mean, if you're not going to follow the protocol, that's probably the time. That yeah. maybe if, if the team's ever going to lose focus and, exactly and lose it. their incentive to continue to want exactly. to play, that would be the time. Yeah, and, exactly. and they did not do that. No, they did not. And, and that there is something to be said for that. Uh, again, and I, I think that is going to be a strong pitch for WKU moving forward as they hunt for bowl eligibility. Again, as of right now, we, we don't know anything on that. We have no insider scoop when it comes to that. But if that time does come, fingers crossed. So there, there we go. We're hoping on Thursday to be talking about a bowl game. I want to go to Montgomery because downtown Montgomery <laughs> has some great restaurants. I thought you'd probably, you know, like, uh, you know, oh, I want to go to Maui or, or some kind of. Exotic. Not this year. <laughs> yeah, this is fair. You go to Maui and you're in your quarantined. Yeah, but I, even I mean, just I'm, standing on the deck and looking outside. I, I'm not flying round trip twenty <laughs> yeah. hours to stand on the deck and look at the ocean from the eighth floor. I mean, floor. now I would do it if it's eighty well, degrees outside. Well, I mean, I'll do it. I'm not going to complain. <laughs> I love to do it. That's not my first pick. Before we dive into today's WKU men's basketball matchup with Gardner Webb, let's. Hear a word from our presenting sponsor, Don Franklin Auto. Don Franklin Family of Dealerships, 24 locations in Kentucky, one big family. Again, wherever we go, we'd all be happy with sure. it. Sure. But speaking of games to preview, we do have one coming out today as of when this recording is going to come out. Gardner Webb coming in a surprise visit to Diddle Arena the last time we had the show. This had not been announced yet. Gardner Webb has yet to play a game this season. WKU now 3-2. and two. Overall on the season, picked up a win over MVSU on Sunday. Randy, you were obviously there on the call as Brett filled in for you on the call at Charlotte. WKU put up a lot of points in that game, but it still felt like at times WKU kind of let MVSU hang around. Uh, We talked before the show, the line for that game, Brett, I don't know if you got to see this. WKU was favored by 42 and a half. Oof. In that game. So no matter how much they won by it, was going to be tough for them to catch up to the odds makers. And it actually opened at 44 for WKU. Uh, but Randy, I'll pitch it to you. What were some of your takeaways from that win Sunday over MVSU, you know, the I home th- opener? Yeah, I, I thought that all, everyone played hard the entire time. Um, and, you know, sometimes in games like that, when you're significantly better than the other team, uh, sometimes the effort maybe isn't what you want for 40 minutes. Um you know, I thought everyone played hard the entire time. Um, you know, I thought Bassey was super. He only played 21 minutes, I believe. And, um, he, you know, he was great. And McKnight uh, was fabulous. Uh, you know, he uh, had some great passes. And he had nine rebounds from the yes. point guard spot. And I was also happy to see um, Kevin Asalway come in and get some minutes. He was and great. I, I like his game. I mean, it's like he's like a put a hard head on that guy. I mean, he is, <laughs> he's a – uh, bull in a china shop kind of player yes. inside. And, uh, you know, if we can get him in there with, with uh, Bassey and, and uh, Carson, there there's no one in Conference USA that can match that threesome. Now, I'm not saying he's going to start. Right. But, I mean, he's a guy who can come in and can fill in for Charles and move Carson to the five, or he comes in for Carson and he plays the four. I, I think he's going to be a key. Uh, Luke didn't shoot it very well. He's got to get his game back. Mm-hmm. I think that's a key because we really don't have – a terrific three-point shooter if he's not making them. We've got a lot of three-point shooters. We don't have a lot of three-point makers. 
Mm. And we need more makers right now. And uh, but you know, I, I, th- I thought they played hard. I thought what Coach Stansberry told you about that particular issue at the coaches show Monday night, Randy was was pretty telling. The fact that it's been hard to get shooters in a rhythm with everything that's been going on. Not in the gym. Not in the gym. Right. right? Getting practice in, time. In bubbles. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, hopefully now that they're at home for a little while, we'll see. I know they're trying to get another game, and maybe that's on the road. But as long as they can try to build it up yeah. Frampton, Frampton rather his rhythm, I think that'll help out. And if he had hit those shots, then we would be getting closer to that 44 point <laughs> I, I, I think it's clear that you just can't wad up uh, uh, notebook paper in your room and shoot it in garbage cans and keep it warm. <laughs> right. you got to get them out of the hotel room you're telling me yes. that's not going to put me in the league because that's been my game plan since I was like 7 I, I don't crushed think, my dream I, I don't think you're going to really work on your arc very well <laughs> <laughs> Well, here's the good news. WKU has a shot now against an opponent that, as I mentioned, is yet to play a game in Gardner-Webb. It could be good news or bad news. It worked out in the case of the football game against Charlotte against the team that hadn't played in over a month. Gardner-Webb has had a couple of games canceled. They were supposed to play Duke. They were supposed to play Florida State as well in the month of November. A couple of games postponed this month as well. Randy, how much do you, do you know about that squad? Obviously, it's tough to have a tell on them this year, but you know what they yeah. bring back at the very least. Well, you know, under their head coach, uh, Tim Kraft, you know, he, he's done a really good job there, and they, they've been some giant killers. You know, he's been there seven years. They've beaten Clemson, Purdue, Nebraska, Georgia Tech, and Wake Forest. Wow. While he's coached. Uh, they've been to the Big South semifinals seven of the last eight years. They were in the NCAA tournament in 2019. So it's a, it's a quality program. They beat Kentucky Prior to coach uh, taking over, that's when Billy Gillespie yep. was the head coach mm-hmm. at Kentucky. Yep. So, I mean, Gardner-Webb's beat some big-time teams. So, you know, this year's team, they've got a lot of new faces. They have a couple Division II transfers who put up awesome numbers in Division II. And one is from uh, back in your neck of the woods, somewhere in uh, Maryland, northeast Maryland's where he grew up. But he went to some uh, a Division II school in, in um, I never heard of, Cole, maybe? Is there a Cole Division II school in Maryland called Cole? I wouldn't well? be surprised. But, but he averaged uh, 24 points, six rebounds, and four assists. They've got a first-team uh, guard out of Brooklyn um, who's a great three-point shooter. And they've had, they have three pulse players at 6'9 and 6'8, but they're, they're, they play bigger than that because their wingspan is 7'3 and 7'4. Wow. I got a kid in the middle called Kareem Reed who is the most heralded recruit they've ever had since they started this star system in 2001. Um, he was a former four-star. Wow. He, he played last year as a freshman. So that they have some players. They're picked third in the Big South. Winthrop is usually the team you know to win that Big South, but they're right, right behind them. So they'll you know we'll have to play well. Um, goodness gracious, uh, they were just cleared you know uh, yesterday uh, to play. They were going right. to be playing Presbyterian, yep. but they switched to play us. So you know they're going to be rusty for sure. Big advantage for us. Well, and this is one of those games where, if we're being honest about it, Gardner-Webb, they're going to be tougher than MVSU, at least on paper it would appear that way. Oh, no doubt. But this is a game where, if you're WKU, this game is more about you than it is against the opponent you're facing. You're still looking to work out some of your kinks more so than game planning for who you're going up against in this game in particular. So, Brett, I'll toss this to you. What do you think should be the the top, maybe one, two of those focal points that you're looking to see WKU in terms of working out those kinks? Is it the shooting? Is it some more of that consistent point guard play? What are you focused on in this game? Yeah, I think you hit a couple of them. I think right now it's still a matter of figuring out the rotation, figuring mm-hmm. out the the right roles moving forward for the long term. Um, it certainly seems like we got a little bit of clarity on that through even the games that we've seen so far as guys have, have shown up, but obviously have to nail down how does the Kenny Cooper, Davion McKnight 
combo work? What exactly becomes? And how those, do you put Jordan you know, Rawls in? And that? how do you get Jordan Rawls? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and then, like you said, being able to get a guy like Osawe to come off the bench and, and be able to help out in the bigs area, which is which is huge, because obviously you, you can't rely on Bassey and Carson to to play every minute and, and do what they do. So, um, lot to I think that's really what it comes down to, because obviously those are the answers you want to have come conference play, and and obviously there are still some tests ahead in the non-conference with uh, Rody coming in on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Well, Randy, what are you looking for in this ball game? You'll be on the call, so I'll pitch that to you. I'm looking to see if we can defend the three-point shot better. Uh, mm-hmm. We have not done that well at all. Now, in the Mississippi Valley State game, you know, Rick pointed out they could have come out in the zone and you know went out and covered him a little closer, but you know we didn't really have to. Uh, but you know, prior to that, we'd given up. I think going into the Mississippi Valley State game, I think the teams are shooting 47% against us. Wow. Mm-hmm. Now, that says a lot about who we've played, but we, we, yes. need, we need to be better Absolutely. on the perimeter because we're not going to shoot great from three-point line. We're not going to shoot 47% great. Yeah, so when you're giving up, you know, when you're minus 12, minus 15, maybe minus 18 points a game from three-point land, I mean, you can make it up at the free-throw line in the paint, but that then that's tough mm-hmm. uh, to try to do that every game. So I want to see us defend the three better, and they've got some kids who can really shoot the three. Um, they're, you know, their uh, point guard slash two guard, he plays both. His last name's Cornwall, shot 44%, made 87 threes a year ago. He's a senior. His lifetime uh, shooting percentage is 43%. The junior college kid I was telling you about actually was Cecil College. I don't know if you heard of Cecil Cecil's College well, in Maryland. Cecil Calvert, uh, you know, back in the day. So I was, and I'm, I'm, I'm not surprised that name made its way into higher education in the state. Uh, Falco is his name. He shot 43% from three-point land and 62% from the field. So it's a team that uh, you know, and they got a couple other transfers. They were all good shooters. So um, I, I want to see if we can defend the perimeter better. Well, that game will tip off at 7 o'clock tonight. Pre-game will start at 6.30. You can listen on the flagship station for WKU basketball and football. We'll give them the plug in that regard as well. Sam, 100.7. If you want to talk about the Lady Toppers as well, they got to open up, or open up the home slate on Saturday against Ball State. It was a very competitive game through and through. Ball State took it. 58 to 54. I was filling in on the call for Brett in that one. All of us. Very busy weekend for the three of us. Yes, sir. Three games in two days. I got to talk to Coach Collins, I guess, at the time of this recording today. And then when this comes out the day before. But we talked for about an hour and 15 minutes. And Brett, you know this. Once you start talking to Coach, the conversation just goes on and on. But you enjoy every single second of it. Because you get to hear a new story every, like, 10 minutes. And... He was just so he he remained so excited uh, about this young team, and yet there was a part of him you could tell that was frustrated that they didn't get this win, even though as young as they are, they ticked some of those boxes that he was looking for. They matched Ball State toe for toe in rebounding. Merrill Abdelgawan got a double double with ten boards. It feels like he knows deep inside this team still has more that we've yet to see, and we knew that was going to be a, the, the case coming in. It was going to be a, be a bit of a frustrating season for Coach Collins in that regard in terms of getting this team closer and closer to that ceiling. But what we saw on Saturday was, was very encouraging for this young squad. Absolutely. I mean, this was the first chance to get a, a more accurate read on what this mm-hmm. team is as of right now because anytime you go to Knoxville to open up a season, <laughs> right. particularly with such a young team, there's only Against so much such you can an see. experience oh, absolutely. on the other side. Yeah. So with Ball State now, again, as you said, certainly this team has a long way to go. And, and what we see today is is not what we're going to see. Come, Correct. You know, even a couple of weeks from now, let alone February, March. But that being said, yes, they're taking steps forward. And I think probably the frustration comes from the fact that even though 
yes, this team doesn't necessarily have, uh, you know, externally the highest expectations, but he knew he had a winnable game there. And so why not get them that confidence boost in a game like that against a good Ball State team, an experienced Ball State team that has traditionally done, you know, pretty well either in beating the Lady Toppers or or at least keeping them close. And they had a chance to to take them and couldn't quite do that. So that said, it's a good step. It's always part of a a tough non-conference slate that he always schedules. Little Rock this Sunday will be no different. That's an even better little rock team than we've seen the last couple years Uh, but this team will keep finding their rhythm that's the big thing they've obviously they have not shot the ball well from downtown once they start doing that they have some shooters once they start doing that that'll help them out and then obviously just finding a way to to shore up some of the rough spots taking care of the basketball things like this they'll round into form and Brett you can speak to this a bit more than I can because you've been with this team last couple of years in the last couple of years they've seen this little rock squad and obviously we we say this with every lady topper game this year obviously not the same squads from a year ago but that's a little rock team that's got some impressive wins under their belt i don't know what's happened or excuse i don't know what's going to happen when today they play number 10 texas a&m that's going to tell us a whole lot about that little rock team but they've got win over memphis they got a win over vanderbilt that's going to be a tough matchup and another challenge for a young team to go and play a team that has very high expectations, they're getting tested early on, and Coach Collins wouldn't have it any other way. No, he wouldn't. And this is another matchup that's based on a lot of mutual respect between the head coaches, just like it was with Ball State. Greg Collins and Joe Foley, head coach of Little Rock, they respect the heck out of one another. Foley's been there. This is now his 18th year. And wow. uh, ever since WKU left the Sun Belt, Little Rock has taken over the Sun Belt. That's yes. been their league. That and, guy can coach. I mean, yeah. I, you know, during the years we were in the Sun Belt, I love watching those games because of his coaching. I thought he was an incredible coach. Yeah, defensive mastermind. And then he's got a lot of good pieces, that, especially that he's brought in really three big transfers this year, including Bramber Scott, their leading scorer who went to Mississippi State the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And that obviously speaks for itself. And then they've got this point guard from a New Mexico Juco, uh, Myra Caicedo, who has had 30 assists through the first three games yes, of the season. She's been incredible. Which is was pretty darn impressive. So uh, when you put that together, they've they've got a lot of pieces there. Obviously, as we know, under Foley, they'll have the defensive side. So the tops will certainly have their hands full. Uh, again, it's just a matter of you know uh, limiting their mistakes, to controlling the basketball, getting some better looks, being fundamentally sound to give themselves a shot. I mentioned their wins. Their one loss came when they hung toe-to-toe with Rice. So that tells you about all you need to know. If a team can hang with Rice, obviously— Rice down a little bit, and when I say that, still picked in the top two of Conference U.S. So not down a lot, but Rice down a little bit this year. The lone loss for Arkansas Little Rock coming from Conference USA. So maybe WKU can hand them their second one. We do have some scheduling news to touch on before we wrap things up, and Brett, I'll pitch it to you for that. Got some golf scheduling news, as well as some new news breaking day of here on the time of the recording uh, regarding track and field. Yes, indeed. Indoor track schedule got released, as well as, like you said, both men's and women's golf. So the first pieces of what's going to be an incredibly busy spring <laughs> on the Hill, well, I guess technically the basketball conference schedules, but uh, we'll let that be. These these pieces start to, and I guess volleyball's out. What am I thinking? I, I, it, everything's happening, right? <laughs> but we get some more. So that, this is what we have. Golf is going to start up Valentine's Day or the day after, depending on which program you're talking about. Both will play in four tournaments before the Conference USA tournament. And uh, when you get those five combined with what they did in the fall they will either meet or exceed the number that the ncaa established as you have to hit eight tournaments to mm-hmm. be eligible for the postseason so they unless will unless you're that. ohio state playing in the big ten <laughs> and, yeah because uh well the ncaa didn't have to do with that and if they did they'd probably do exactly what the big ten just did <laughs> 
Uh, as for indoor track and field, they begin in Birmingham on January 15th and January 16th. Those are two separate meets officially, and they will play in five meets before the conference tournament in late February and then eventually move into the outdoor season from there. So things to look forward to for the future on the Hill. There's so many pieces to the puzzle. We don't know exactly which piece is which. And honestly, we haven't quite figured out yet which piece goes where. But as we go on, it's going to turn into quite the chaotic masterpiece when that spring season rolls around. We're going to have a lot going on at once. We feel busy now. We're going to get hard. get hit hard when that spring comes. But it's going to be awesome to have all those sports hitting at the same time. With that being said, I, I think we've exhausted all we've got to talk about today, unless, Randy, well, just you've got thinking anything about like that, to I'm broken into a sweat. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least it took 26 minutes here in our yeah. sweat shack, so that's not too bad. I mean, the, the dude who works in the back of this studio pumping coal <laughs> into the blast furnace, he is overpaid. The guy worked work way too many hours. Fitting for the Christmas season and a nice, nice kind of feed the furnace. Exactly. Keep, keep you yeah. nice and toasty. Exactly. Well, we had Santa Claus here yesterday, so we had to keep oh, really? it nice and warm for Santa. That. Of All course, right. he's, he's used to being very cold, so we had to. We thought we'd heat him up and show what it's like down here I in South that, Central Kentucky. No, I think that's a, that's a good thing to do. Butter well, up Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> With that being said, we'd right, like Tyler, to wrap us up. Have a good week, Brett. See you around. Appreciate Soon, it. Right? Absolutely. <laughs> Is that a threat? <laughs> <laughs> All right, for Brett and Tyler and Randy, thanks for joining us for Big Red Roundtable. It's brought to you, as always, by Don Franklin Auto. They are Kentucky, and they're a proud sponsor of WKU Athletics. Thank you for joining us for another edition of Big Red Roundtable here on the Hilltopper Nation Podcast Network. For updates on future episodes, as well as access to past editions, visit wkusports.com slash podcast, as well as all major podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. Before we wrap it up, here's one more word from our presenting sponsor and proud partner of WKU Athletics, Don Franklin Auto. Over 5,000 new and pre-owned vehicles to choose from at DonFranklinAuto.com. We'll be back next week with more analysis, discussion, and predictions here on the Big Red Roundtable presented by Don Franklin Auto on the Hilltopper Nation Podcast Network. Jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig, inspiring kid confidence.